0: This is the Everyday AI Show, the everyday podcast where we simplify AI and bring its power to your fingertips. Listen daily for practical advice to boost your career, business, and everyday life. What will the future of healthcare look like with AI? You know, we've talked about it once or twice on the show before, but I think our guest today is going to be shedding some light and giving us insights on not just how AI has been used in the medical field and in healthcare but also how it will be used. So whether you're in the health field or not, I think today's episode is a must listen, a must watch if you're joining us live. So thank you if you are joining us live. My name's Jordan Wilson and I'm the host. This is Everyday AI. This is a daily live stream Podcast and free daily newsletter helping everyday people keep up with what's going on in the world of AI because there's so much so this isn't just the news this isn't just a conversation it's what we can take away from it it's how we can leverage it and how we can grow our companies and grow our careers does that sound good I I, I literally can't wait to bring on our guest uh, but before I do we're gonna go over the AI news and if you're joining us live let me know what is your one what is your one biggest question on AI? In healthcare. Get your biggest question in now. I want to make sure to see what, what, what your questions are because we're going to get to them. I'm excited for this one. This one has been a while in the making and actually our first guest, our first repeat guest. So please help me in welcoming to the show again, Dr. Harvey Castro. He is the author of multiple books on AI and healthcare, a physician, entrepreneur, all around AI enthusiast, Dr. Harvey Castro. Thank you for joining the show again. Oh wait! I think I think we have a a little technical issue. Oh, here. I got it. No, here I got it, come. buddy. Look Sorry. Uh,
1: I just want to say thank you, everybody. Uh, it's awesome to be back. I love this show. I love
0: everything that you're doing. Um, so let's let's do it. And Harvey, Harvey brings the party um, because you know whenever he's on the show, people people come. They want to watch. They want to listen. Uh, so welcome if if you're in Harvey's network. Thank you for joining us. And as a reminder, if you're on the po- listening on the podcast later. Always check the show notes and check the show notes in the comments today. A lot of other resources, but you can also come in and join the conversation. If you're listening on uh, Spotify, Apple, come ask Dr. Harvey uh, a question. So let's start at the top. Um, one thing that I want to know, Harvey, just just for everyone who's who's unaware. What are you doing in the healthcare space? Because I feel everywhere I go, everywhere I turn, even a, a Fox News article this morning uh, talking about uh, you know, some new AI advancements for paralyzed patients, you're everywhere on the scene when it comes to AI and healthcare. So give, give everyone a little bit of background uh, on, on who you are and, and how you just became this, this voice of, uh, of, of kind of um, an AI leader in the health space.
1: I appreciate it, you know, honestly, it starts with this thing called the iPhone <clears throat> and uh sorry, I got actually covid, but I'm not contagious now, so I'm good now, <laughs> so no one'll get it over the air Trooper. um or from from me. this air right here, rather anyway, um it starts with the iPhone basically, I was coding a patient and um it was iPhone one, and at the time, um, the nurse got this big textbook. I said, "Hey, we need to start this epi drip. We need to do this other drip." And she's like, "Let me verify these doses." And literally, she got a textbook, started thumbing through it, and then got the medicine. And I thought back then, I was like, "Gosh, there's got to be a better way." So I taught myself how to program. I created the first IV meds app. It went viral, and as a result, uh, I was able to grow a company into thirty different apps and. Fast forward, this thing called ChatGPT comes out, and I'm playing with it, and I had this aha moment that I did with the iPhone, and I thought, oh, my God, this is going to change healthcare. This is going to help doctors, patients, and my brain just exploded, and I just started writing a book on it, and I'll never forget. It was December, uh, 2022. and my wife comes into the office and says, like, what are you doing all day? Like, you're, like, obsessed. And and what is this ChatGPT thing? And I was like, oh, honey, this is going to change the world. She's like, no one's going to read your book. No one knows what ChatGPT is. Doctors are going to laugh. Like, don't waste your time. And I'm like, no, no. Even if I sell this book and it's one person, I don't care. I at least get the word out. Well, fast forward, all these people have been calling me to do world uh, stage keynote speeches around the world. Uh, just different opportunities to just uh, help people. And honestly, it all started in a good place. It just started not as a business, didn't start as anything else other than a public service announcement. And since then, uh, I've been getting calls from Fox News, different news media around the world, asking me to do quotes for different articles. Um, But my mission hasn't changed. I just want to help doctors and patients. I haven't officially created a company in the sense that I'm like, this is my company. No, it's more like, let me help out. And from it, other opportunities have arrived that I'm actually being able to consult and do other things. But overall, it's just been just such a fun ride.
0: Yeah, it's it's been great. And, you know, um, I'm even learning so much, uh, you know, new information about – AI in the health uh health field. Dr. Castro always keeps me up to speed. You know, if there's new new studies or anything. So if you've heard anything on the everyday AI show before, there's a good chance that uh that that Dr. Castro sent it to me. And yeah, even you know, I mentioned this. We'll uh we'll shoot this out in the newsletter, don't worry. But uh Dr. Castro was on a pretty uh interviewed for a pretty uh great uh breakthrough um you, you know that was just uh, reported on this morning. But um I want to talk I want to talk about this because we can all, we can go read that in the newsletter, right? But I want to take advantage of every minute we have you on the show here, Dr. Castro, because one thing I want to know is in general, well, actually, let's even start it further back. Let's hit rewind. Where are we at right now in the uh, medical community with AI. Bring us up to speed because I know there's a lot. I know AI has been used in uh, healthcare settings for decades. uh, But give us, especially with generative AI, give us the the 60 second, here's where we are right now.
1: Yeah. So uh, the biggest uh, news was early in the year, Microsoft Uh, OpenAI and Epic, so let's call it a trifecta, got together and uh, Epic is an electronic medical records that a lot of hospitals around the world use. And they basically said, we're going to use the summaries of OpenAI and plug it into the EMR and big picture. um, What I've heard is that they're supposed to roll that out this year. Um, I've seen some minor updates that they're working on the uh, summary part of it, that they're working on other features. Uh, I personally haven't seen it because I'm not working at at an Epic place, Um, but I know this article right here um, will show it from April, but then there was, I think, an update in August, which will be good. Um, But big picture, my point is this is a um, a huge milestone for us as a society. I think once this comes out, Epic is going to kind of pave the way of how this was used around the FDA, what parts they did, and I think like what's literally an API or this way of connecting with uh, open AI and other companies, it's going to help startups create other products in healthcare. And I'm really stoked because once that comes out, I really think the leader is going to be literally leading how others are going to be able to do this. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's, that's so important. Um, you know, one thing, one thing as well that I wanted to, to ask you about, Dr. Castro, is it seems like, and I've, I've said this on the show before, um, I think that the medical field in general has actually been ahead of the curve, um, you know, and they have for, for a long time when it comes to advancements in AI. So so using, um, you know, deep learning, machine learning to discover new drugs, uh, you know, new proteins, right? Yeah. Uh, new, you know, potentially early detection for diseases. So uh, that piece is, is not new um, in the medical space. But where do you see um, kind of, you know, when we see those positive, developments over the last couple of years. Where do you see it going from here? It it seems like in the medical field, there is a lot of positive momentum uh, around uh, the use of AI, but where do you see it going in the next couple of years?
1: And that's a good one. And I pause and think because, you know, healthcare in general is very traditional. People don't want to like, they don't like change. They don't, uh, especially, uh, I'm going to call out all the doctors like myself, uh, tend to be set in their ways. And so now you have the new kid on the block and it's AI, and there's some turf wars in the sense that some doctors are like, no, I'm not going to let this replace me. Or no, this is not smarter than me. I've been doing this for 30 years and no. No. And so there is like this paradigm shift. And I think this, I'll bring in my first prop based on your news <laughs> from Meta. Um, uh, these are my Ray-Bans. And these oh, are you the got them. Let's go. Uh, these are the ones from the last generation. So okay. I haven't got the next generation, but they look exactly like it. So the reason I'm wearing them is it, it looks exactly like the next one. And I am going to order the next ones. But it has a little button here I can videotape. Um, the future will have augmented reality. And so I know this look. I look silly wearing them in the doctor's office, but if I was your doctor and wearing them and I explain, now I could possibly see in front of me your medical record. I could look at your x-rays. Where the future is and where I'm wearing these is to explain, imagine I'm discharging you. Imagine you have some disease that you've never heard of and I'm going over it. How cool would it be if I gave you a pair of glasses, obviously sanitized and all that, and I put them on you. And then together we're seeing the same thing we're walking through your disease process. I'm pausing. I'm turning it. I'm explaining it to you. And it's almost like this video where you're like, oh, now I see why I need to take my medicines for my heart med. Now I see why my diabetes is this way. Oh, my gosh. Now I realize why he gets upset when my sugar is so high. And so I think this is going to be the future. Now, the other prop, and I'm joking here, it's going to be uh, the iPhone. Um, I, I, not just the iPhone, just the mobile device. You know, I have it set up where um, I have uh, OpenAI in the background already listening to our conversation. So these are the kind of things, you know, I could, if we had a question, I could ask ChatGPT, and I won't do it on live, but I was going to. But my point is, these kind of tools, it's going to augment me. It's going to augment you. Imagine in the world, you're my patient in the future. (sighs) Imagine we're two different um, languages or cultures. Imagine I I'm I grew up in New York and the East Coast, and I may use an East Coast example. You may have grown in a different part of the States or another part of the world. How cool if I could speak an example, it could convert it and use AI and put it into your language, your culture, even it may not be the same example, but it parallels the example to your culture. And now I'm really communicating. Now I'm giving you better healthcare. So the future, I think, is going to be using AI. The other cool example that I talk about in the future it's gonna be, um, it's my favorite case. In England, this hospital has discharge instructions and imagine talking to a five-year-old and how much time you get with a five-year-old. It's hard to get ac- across them. Imagine if they had a disease and you had to explain a disease. I won't go into the details, but basically they took the discharge instructions, fed it into ChatGPT and said, talk to me as if you were a five-year-old. But then they use MidJourney to create a coloring book for all the big concepts and put it together and said, here you go, child. Mm-hmm. And now the doctor, the parents can ah. sit with the child and so I, I thought this was just a, an amazing way. So I think the future will be multimodality, um, things like our phone, our glasses. Um, and and I think that's going to change healthcare. And it's going to, it blows my mind of all the possibilities. And then to, uh, I was watching the keynote speech yesterday for uh, Meta, and all I could think of is all these different medical applications just using these um as an aside um next month i'm going to be with a company at from that works with nasa and they've asked me to see if i can help just give some suggestions on the mars mission and how we can use ai in mars and so i was just honored to be able to be able to like just contribute to such a mi- big mission you know this is just kind of
0: cool for me oh wow that's that's amazing hey if you're joining us live let me just recap everything that's going on right so dr Harvey castro is joining us wrote the book on chat gpt and healthcare and not only that now he's going to, you know, be, be consulting on, on how we can use AI to, to get to Mars. Right. Amazing. Amazing. Right. So we have a lot of great questions, but I want to, I want to first, you know, cause Dr. Castro's uh, he's, he's not new to this show. He's, he's always contributing in the comments, uh, you know, connecting with people, putting out great information, but I'm going to kind of put you on the hot seat here. Uh, cause I, I know you have hot takes, but I want to ask, so, you, you know, this kind of popped in my head after you, you know were given the story of you know writing your book on Chat GPT and your wife is like, Will anyone read it? And you know, people are obviously reading it now. So, what is maybe one other thing that, uh, specifically in the AI space that right now that you're seeing, that you're saying, Hey, I I have an extensive background here in AI and healthcare. I see this happening. And maybe some of your colleagues are like, don't know about that, Doctor Castro. That doesn't seem like they, like it's something that's that's going to happen. Maybe what is what is that one thing that that you're really advocating, or maybe not even advocating for, but you're seeing this happen? That everyone else in the medical community that is maybe not as in touch with AI is like, are you sure about this?
1: I got it for you. This this is uh, again imagination, but I I really think this is going to happen. So let me give a little backstory. So literally PPP here, I'm going to do it, but in medicine and talking to you. Um, So imagine a world where the average nurse, and this is true, the average age is 54. So if your average age of your nurse is 54 and 20% of those nurses in the United States are 65 and up, then imagine if we kept that rate the same, then in 10 years, the average nurse would be 64 with 20% of that being 74. And so we have a huge problem. And imagine more and more patients like COVID and other things where it's putting a stress on our system to the point where we're going to have to either lower our standard and accept more people into nursing or nurses are so burnt out that it's going to make the problem worse because they're like, this is too much work. I'm out. And now we're really um, hurting as a nation for healthcare. My idea that I don't think has caught on that people are like, "Eh, that's not going to happen is the following. I put things together, I love playing chess. So number one, we got OpenAI coming out with its robots at the end of the year. Number two, ChatGPT4, they're really pushing this multimodality and ChatGPT5 will be here by June of next year, in my opinion, with video. Fast forward, I'm saying to doctors, imagine putting um, ChatGPT4 and 5 in the eyes of the robot. Now that robot can be a nurse assistant, can bring vitals, can read vitals, Can with the vision of this camera, can tell what the hemoglobin A1C is, what the blood pressure of the patient is, heart rate. And now imagine it becoming a virtual assistant where I walk in with the robot and I'm having a conversation. And by the time I'm done, the robot's either summarizing, giving, looking up all your medical records, uh, throwing your images up in the air to show you. I mean, it's just going to change healthcare. And I don't really think healthcare people are ready for this because they're like, oh, that's going to replace me. But I really think this is coming.
0: Mm. Hey, this is Jordan, the host of Everyday AI. I've spent more than a thousand hours inside ChatGPT, and I'm sharing all of my secrets in our free Prime Prompt Polish ChatGPT course that's only available to loyal listeners like you. Here's what Lindy, who works as an educational consultant, said about the PPP course
1: i couldn't figure out why i wasn't getting the results from chat gpt that i needed and wanted and after taking the ppp course i now realized that i was not priming correctly so i will be heading back into chat gpt right now to practice my priming prompting and polishing
0: everyone's prompting wrong and the ppp course fixes that if you want access go to podppp.com again that's podppp.com sign up for the free course and start putting chat gpt to work for you why that's wild it's wild but i see it because i mean you point out a an obvious fact right if 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 there's an ongoing nursing shortage right and if that is only projected to, uh, get worse. And there's only, you know, and there's going to be fewer nurses in 10 years. I actually, now, now that you say it, Hey, maybe, maybe you're great at opening our, our eyes. Like I have the, uh, I have the meta Ray-Bans on now seeing the AI future, but it seems to make perfect sense. And, and, uh, especially here, I'll, I'll even share a personal, a little personal story on this. So many times I feel, you know, especially if I'm seeing a new specialist, a new physician, whatever. Um, so many times I feel they just go to Google something or like they're on their computers and they go you know uh, refer to WebMD right uh, so so I th- I think a lot of people are gonna hear that that hot take there uh, Dr Castro and they're gonna be skeptical and they're gonna be like no not a chance but I don't I don't think it's that far off right like if you can put um an encyclopedic knowledge that is constantly updated it seems that that actually, it's maybe not crazy. It's maybe the responsible and ethical thing to do as a first line of defense for people that need more accessible and affordable health care. And if there's not enough um trained uh humans on the back end. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. My uh my brain is uh is is, is pretty <laughs> shook uh this th- this early. All right, let's let's take it in another <laughs> direction. So On the contrary. So, so I just, you know, put you on the hot seat there. I said, Hey, what's, what's one thing that only you believe, uh, what's what, uh, maybe let's look at it in a different, uh, different lens. What's a a common theme that's going on right now, um, in the medical field, in the healthcare community in regards to AI and everyone's, you know, kind of, you know, on this same train and uh, everyone's traveling down this same lane and, and maybe something that you're like, Oh, I'm not sure about that. You know, I'm, I'm, Knees deep in this every day. I'm not sure if if we're heading in the right direction with our with our train of thought on this piece in in medicine or, or healthcare and AI. Maybe what's one of those things? Yeah, I, I think I, I'm going to pivot a
1: little. I think the big picture is people are so scared and hesitant, and hospital systems are like, mm, we got HIPAA, we got FDA. There's all these things we can't do, and I think they're I think in a good way they're focused on things that are outside the FDA. They're trying to do things that will help with patient, uh, with physician burnout and healthcare burnout. And that's like epic and creating these summaries. You know, uh, imagine see, uh, I'm an ER doc. Imagine uh, you coming to see me and you've had like eight MRI reports and, and you come home, come to me with a big folder saying, Here, doc, here's all my stuff. And I'm having to go through all of it. How nice if I could even just feed it into a, a, some kind of GPT that's HIPAA compliant, mm-hmm. privacy secure, but then it looks at it, OCRs all of it and then gives me the summary of all of it that way I'm not spending you know all this time trying to look at all the detail where it's there that is becoming accepted now the big controversy moving forward is do I give open AI access? How do I uh, secure this information? And, and I really think the future is going to be in creating kind of like llama at your hospital. Mm-hmm. And, and that's actually what I'm going to be doing next year is working on llama models, working with hospitals, and helping them create their own large language model. That way they don't have to worry about privacy and and these kind of things. Um, I, I feel like it's a dichotomy, but I really am excited to see that <clears throat> Llama and uh, Meta and all these people are coming out with all these products cuz big picture it's going to help us and it's going to start adapting the more people start using AI the easier
0: the administrators are going to say okay let's let's use this tool now it's being adopted yeah and just and just for those that um you know might not be like me and Harvey and, and reading the the daily large language model news uh you know Llama 2 is a model from uh, Meta and one of the big benefits is that you can run it Locally, right? So you you don't have uh, those same type of concerns about um, you know private uh, you know patient information uh, HIPAA. They're they're a little uh, alleviated when you can run those models locally, and you're not necessarily uploading or sharing um you know sharing uh, sensitive patient data which which is actually a great transition to to woozy's um so woozy thank you for joining us thanks for the question so uh, he's saying what is the biggest challenge in getting ai into healthcare in terms of hipaa because i'm also thinking here uh dr castro because you know we have all of these trusted platforms you know epic like we have all these uh you know uh electronic medical record uh systems that we upload all of the information into without second thought. So I guess why or what are the hurdles still until we have that same mentality with with updating it to you know, an open AI or a, a meta or a Google with with, with their new uh, model. So what's what's the biggest challenge? The
1: biggest, the biggest challenge, and I know someone just commented ChatGPT Enterprise can address some of this and then uh, I'm gonna butcher, butcher this. It's Azure uh, server will also help um, the problem with, with this is um, the information, you know, HIPAA is so important that if if your name, your address gets literally uh, hacked, the, the fines can be over $100,000. And there, some of these things, depending how you do it, you, there's actually jail time if you mess this up. And then on top of that, um, your insurance carrier won't insure you if you make a HIPAA violation. So a lot of companies are very... Uh, hesitant to, to do this. Incorrect, obviously. Uh, but but I think what they're doing is they're picking parts. There's 18 identifiers, meaning if you do one of these things, it's HIPAA, that, and they're looking at those identifiers and saying, okay, where in the medical history, like discharge instructions, I could do that and not fall into HIPAA because it doesn't have any of these 18 identifiers. And so I think the future will be these kind of things. Um, but again, I think it's going to be scrubbing the data slash having your own large language model at your own hospital system. That way the cloud is within your infrastructure and it never leaves. And I think that is a feature. And I think that's smart of Epic to start integrating inside of them because then now they're trying to create it where it's not really going into a cloud, going back to open AI. They're kind of bringing back, they're only using certain functions of chat GPT, if that makes sense. <laughs> Hopefully yeah.
0: that did. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the hot seat again here because, uh, my mind is opening up to different possibilities. So, you know, like we say, everyone just automatically trusts and will upload anything into Epic uh, because it's, it's been the leader, at least here in the U.S. for, I don't know, probably decades. Um, but, but what's to keep um, a company like OpenAI or like Google from maybe, I don't know, acquiring an Epic or a company like them you, you know because right now it is the tech companies you know and someone out there if you're listening you're like oh there's no way you know epic is a is a giant company well in terms of valuation i don't know if you if anyone heard this but open ai right now has a valuation of just under 100 billion which is more than 3 times of the valuation of an epic so might we see and maybe not an epic but maybe you know kind of a second or third place uh, kind of uh, similar system might one of these big tech companies acquire one of these health companies so then instantly they become the future of healthcare?
1: That's funny you say that. Um, it's a hot seat at, question. No, I <laughs> love it. I, I, I Again, I'm gonna put my horrible analogy of chess. I feel like Microsoft is playing their chess game here really smart. They got the secure server. They're getting in bed with Meta. They're doing a good job with OpenAI. They're acquiring different parts of healthcare. And you're right, what's to hold them back from acquiring someone else that, that takes them, that chess piece to another level? You know, acquiring Epic would make sense. Um, you know, I, I don't know what they're worth, but I know Microsoft has more cash than they do, and I'm sure they can, oh, there you go, 10 billion, thank you. And so I'm sure that could be pulled off. And then the other thing, technology moves so fast that if Microsoft, I know they they really wouldn't, but in a way they could, Uh, support another startup that could be the next Epic that would be better in using this technology, technology can trump Epic. Epic uh, is not a nice software. I I hate it personally. Um, So I think it's (laughs) taken over easily.
0: Yeah, there we go. And I think, yeah, I just, I just did a little search. It looks like the last valuation uh, most recently was about 32 billion, but still. Um, Okay. So let's talk this. What are you working on? Let's let's go there because you know I always love like people who are very involved with everyday AI who come on a daily basis. They're contributing. I'd love to give them a platform. So tell people what are you working on? Because apparently you're you're uh, helping advise for a company related to NASA on on AI and medical space. But what other projects? Are you just excited about right now or, or even, you know, yeah. other um, releases from, from other AI companies? Like, what are you looking forward to working on in the next couple of months being someone that is so ingrained in AI in the health space?
1: Yeah, there's, there's two things that are really kind of dear to my heart. And it's kind of weird, but I'll explain. One is I literally clone my own voice. And it's called the GPT podcast. And all I do is I find fun articles like AI and healthcare. I feed it into uh, ChatGPT. It creates a fake conversation between my business partner and I. We both use our clone voices. And then it, we look at the manuscript. And if it looks good, then we push it out. And And it sounds very natural. And I think it's cool. We're actually going to come out with a SaaS model for anybody else to do the similar thing. Um, but, but the part that excites me is being able to take any kind of information and just put it out there and help people. And, and it's just really cool because, you know, I'm using MidJourney for our pictures. I'm using ChatGPT helping to, to put these little summaries together. This came out this week. And it's just really cool, my way of doing things. I'm so busy, but yet I can still have a voice. Uh, yeah. Maybe a clone voice, but I still have a voice. <laughs> the other thing that is kind of cool is I love just figuring out how can I take a AI and apply it to what I do. And so I made a decision maker plugin with through chat GPT and it's called Decision Maker. And and all it is is I, I wanted to help startups and companies with like, okay, I have a marketing problem or hey, I, I have a decision to make with my child or as a doctor, hey. Do I give this liver to this uh, person that's drinking every day versus this person that needs a liver that's 18 years old, that kid and has a healthy issue? So there's a lot of ethics involved. So I, I made this app where you ask the question and it walks you through the answer. And, and thanks for featuring me this week, Jordan. That was cool on your YouTube. So that, that's I, I know that was this week, so I appreciate it. So yeah. So those are the kind of things. At the end of the day, that's what makes me excited. It's more about helping others get them to another
0: level, but just using the tools that are out there to do something new. Love it. Love it. Yeah. So many, so many fun and exciting projects, uh, that Dr. Castro is working on and make sure to check out the newsletter today as well. Cause we'll be sharing a lot of those. Cause yeah. Oh gosh. I, we, we didn't even get into that, but, uh, you know, Dr. Castro has put together some literally fantastic resources, uh, especially if you are in the medical field on, on different, even, uh, chat GPT resources, he put together a great cheat sheet. So go to your everydayai.com, sign up for the newsletter. We're going to be putting all that out. Uh, Another question here from uh, from Peter. Peter, thank you for joining us. So Peter's asking, do you think that an LLM can have an impact on other LLM uh, in the healthcare response to the user? Uh, I think, I think I fully understand the the, the question there. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it up to, to to you to interpret the answer because we could go in a lot of different directions with that one.
1: Yeah. I, I I'm kind of confused, but, but I think it will open the door, you know, uh, going back to the meta example, that LLM is going to help it because now I can ask questions in the future of just healthcare question and it'll be right there you know, or fun facts. And so that's one way that one LLM, and then I know that when OpenAI sees what Meta's doing, they're going to be like, no, 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 we're going to do the same thing. And we're going to put an API so that if you have glasses, you can just start upgrading it and having those upgraded to do anything. So I am excited about that. My biggest, biggest worry is I don't want patients to do this and not realize there's a hallucination effect. I'm always saying, hey, if you do this, please make sure you check with your doctor or check with the right specialist because I'm very, very worried that especially outside the United States where someone can self-diagnose, walk to the pharmacy and get some drug because they think they have X disease. In reality, they
0: don't. Mm. That's a great, great transition here. Um, Promise I didn't tee that one up, but uh, Mike, thank you for the question. Mike is asking, what are the cautions for non-medical people Seeking self-diagnosis on chat GPT. Fantastic question. Uh, yeah. should should people be doing it? What what are the cautions? Because everyone's using Google anyways, right?
1: Yeah, and, and I'm old enough to say I remember the days of Dr. Google when it first, first came out, and people would show up with these papers and like, look, Dr. Google told me all this. And I remember my attendings and my boss hating it. You know, here's a, the truth. I, I'm gonna caution you with uh check your references. The best reference is gonna be your healthcare provider. Uh, for liability and legal reasons, you know, I, I would say don't do it just because even if it's a 1% chance of hallucination, that's a lot given your health. It's not like we're picking a good stock or bad stock and worst comes to worst, we lose money. Here is your health. And that's worth gold. And so that's why I'm very, very cautious. I, I'm easy talking to doctors because I'm like, look, here's a tool, here's the good, the bad, but ultimately you're a doctor and you have medical training and you know what's right or wrong. My worry with ChatGPT with patients is that it can help, but it's so convincing that if you're not medically trained, it could say a half truth and half false, and then you're like, Oh, this is good, I'm gonna go with it, and it ends up not and may hurt you. And so I'm more worried about that.
0: Yeah. No, that's a that's a great concern. Um Okay. I could, I could keep going on that one, but another great question and make sure to get your questions in now. I can't keep Dr. Castro for four hours, but I think we can get at least one or two more questions. So, so get them in now. Great question here, uh, from, uh, Dr. Bill Koslowski. Uh, hopefully I got that right. Uh, so he's talking about Mark Cuban, uh, his new, uh, cost plus drugs program saying that it's not about selling uh, prescription drugs, but it's actually about selling consumer trust that's built through transparency. So Bill is asking, how can healthcare establish similar trust with AI?
1: Oh, this this one, I love this question. So here's my answer back. I think the future is gonna be, we need to have a large language models with food labels. Why not have a little label for ChatGPT saying it was trained on the following data, these are the parameters, Here's the biases in the large language model. Here's why it's good, bad, ugly. Here's why you shouldn't use it in India or Africa. And and literally, it's a nice little white paper, but very food label like, very simple to the term. That way, anyone can like open this up and say, oh, okay, I see why this one's good, this one's bad, why I shouldn't do this, and then do it in healthcare. And then the other part to add more trust is we need our own large language model, not ChatGPT. I'm an ER doctor, so we need a, a ER GPT. Or we need a healthcare GPT, where it's only trained on healthcare data, medical literature, patient information, in the sense that it's private information, but it's factual information, are doctors with their clinical gestalt. I have 20 years of ER experience. So it's someone like me working with ER LLM or ER chat GPT equivalent and just reinforcing. And then now you would trust it because you're like, okay, this has been vetted
0: by you know 20,000 ER doctors. Mm. You know one thing that i think um has changed so much and even since our last conversation right because uh we've we've done this once before and you know i'll 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 make sure to uh to link uh in the in the newsletter uh to our our previous conversation from a couple of months ago but one thing that you brought up there dr castro is is the uh kind of the personalized you know GPTs right like ER GPT but it does seem like there is uh such a a lean now big companies are trying to bring personal personalized health data to 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 the masses right uh the biggest one i would say is apple right so apple with with some of their new pro, uh you know some of their new um products you know they have patents in uh to to give consumers an actually insane amount of health data that goes straight to their phone from their watch, other devices, right? Um, what do you see being the future with, with personal data like this? And you know, obviously, you know, OpenAI just announced yesterday they're getting into hardware. We're not sure what, but um, where do you see the future of uh, healthcare data specifically with technology?
1: Oh, this is huge. Um, look up digital twins. And basically, imagine I took you and I, I created a digital twin, and and then I can help you. Let's say, say I had your genome. Obviously, there's trust and all that. But let's say we get through all that and make sure it's safe. I have you, a digital you. I have your genomic you. And then I can start creating drugs that are specific for you. So imagine a world where maybe I'm having to increase your blood pressure meds. Well, now I know your genetics, I know you, and I can, uh, I forgot to mention this, now with AI, we can lower the price of drugs by 90% to create that drug. So mm-hmm. if this thing cost a billion, now it's 100, uh, well, 100 million, it's still a lot, but still I can do it. And so imagine I'm starting to create drugs that are special for you, maybe certain diets that are special for you. And so, being able to use this large amount of data, like a genome, um, now I can put it all together and create a digital twin. And then I can even start practicing, saying, "Okay, this drug didn't work. This drug." And then when you come to me, I'm like, "Okay, hey, digitally, this one worked. Let's try this on you." And now, boom, I'm giving you, you know, maybe uh, one tenth of the dose on your nor- normal medicine because it's so specialized to you. Now, before I forget, I got to show you this real quick. This is my last prop. This is AI Coke generated. You need to check it out, taste it. My wife hates it, my son loves it, and then my other son uh, hates it. So we'll see if you can break the tie. So anyway, I had to show this because Coke made the formula using AI and used the label. I have no ownership in Coke stock or anything like that. I just had to share it just because this is an AI show.
0: This so many, I, I think you're also the only person to ever bring props, which should be a requirement from now on. This this is so fun. It's just like, what is Dr. Castro going to pull from behind the desk that is AI related? Uh, so, so fun. All right, all right, one, uh, another question here, a great one from Tom. Thank you for the question, Tom. So uh, he's saying, I told I'm told we will hit a legal barrier in our attempt to help users explore their health data with GPT. It's a huge missed opportunity since it's although imperfect, It is quite accurate. So do we need to wait for GPT-5 or 6 before we can offer it to our users?
1: No, I I don't think so. I I think like that example of the discharge instructions, we could do that. Um, There's other stuff that I'm helping companies with that we should be able to do, you know? Um, The answer is, and I know this is gonna sound weird, but uh, there are, I think the future will hold some people uh, doing waivers saying, you know what? Pros versus cons. I'm going to sign this off. I'm fine with the risk and I want this done. Um, The last little weird ethical thing that I say is I predict that we're going to start seeing crazy cool healthcare applications in Africa before we see them in the U.S. because of this politics and legal and lobbyist groups and all this saying, no, 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 we're not going to do this. And then other countries that are risk versus benefits that are a little different—they're going to say, "Oh no, you know, we got parts of our country that have no healthcare. We're going to use uh, Elon Musk satellite. We're going to bring some computers, get some um, PA's, and we're going to give healthcare to the masses because that's the only way we can." And and people are going to be like, "No, that's not going to happen." I, I predict that will
0: happen. Oh wow, it seems it, it seems like an obvious fit, right? Like for for other areas uh, in the world that don't have access. To medicine, and and here we have access to medicine, like we 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 have access to technology. So that does seem like a a pretty natural fit there. Uh, and another question here from uh, Babar. Thank you for joining us. Saying, uh, Dr. Castro, how do you see AI playing a role in resource limiting uh, limited settings? So kind of like what we were, what we were just talking about. But here's here's a great one: places where even the use of electronic record systems are not in place
1: yeah that's a good question i I, I think I, I love old school. I think it's a balance of that human plus AI putting together but but i I don't think we're far from that day. You mentioned it uh, Apple already has a thirty four million parameter uh large language model in their phone. I predict that the memory will go up. And the size of these large ma- uh, models are going to start training them to be smaller. And so I really think it's just going to become an inefficiency thing. And here's the thing. For healthcare, you don't need chat GPT, you know, whatever, two trillion parameters. You, you you might be able to get away with that llama, And Lama uh, has three models. Their smallest model might work for a lot of the things that you're already doing. You can create like a mini electronic medical record that's already on your phone.
0: So this thing is really going to change things yeah that's that's something that um unless you're following ai very closely i don't know if people really understand the implications of having a large language model on your device right so that means you don't need to upload any data to the internet you don't need to even send information to a a, you know an open ai a google microsoft right it's all happening it's all processing on your phone and you know microsoft uh, microsoft just announced this um you know with their new uh surface hardware being able to run a large language model locally um so yeah like how how might that and and obviously we don't know uh well maybe you do but it's it's brand new you know it's you know running a large language model locally on a device is is very new Is that going to be used in the healthcare setting? Is that kind of a, a temporary quote unquote solution for, um, you know, some of these issues with, uh, regarding patient privacy and, and, you know, giving data to companies, is that going to be a thing?
1: Yeah. I, 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 I want to explore that for a second, you know, I'm going to give this idea away. This was something I was going to do myself, but now I'm like, you know what, if someone's listening, they want to do it, go for it. I think the future is this with this, what you just said, a clear example Imagine you were walking and you find someone down and, and they're passed out, unconscious, their heart just stopped right in front of you, they just went down and you're not a doctor. What do you do? You just call 911. Well, guess what? It may take five to 15 minutes to get there. And if they don't get any oxygen, those first five minutes, they're dead. What if your phone had already the large language model of CPR and everything on there? And now with augmented reality, you're showing the patient and it's telling you, hey. CPRs like this and then someone can be holding the phone or you can be doing it and it's kind of walking you through and now you're giving CPR. Now you're giving that first CPR and, and if the latest technology changes, now the phone already has it in built in it. And then you, for that person that said, hey, what if you don't have internet? That's the point. If it's on here, now it doesn't matter. You can be in the in the middle of the Grand Canyon with no service and this thing will tell you what to do.
0: Wow. Yeah. That, that's a deep one too, right? It, it changes where you can even practice medicine. You know, something, something um, you you know, I'm curious about uh because maybe maybe I'm in the minority here, but I don't care what my healthcare provider does with my data, if I'm being honest. And and yeah, maybe I'm in the minority, but I would in theory waive my right and say, Yes, upload, upload my uh My medical charts, upload this, upload that. I would do that for better, more accessible, more affordable care. Because at least here in the US, sometimes to see a specialist, you're talking two, three, four, five months, right? Do you ever see that being an option? Or might there be a, a large company that that you know shakes up the healthcare system and they're like, hey, come in here, you opt in. Yeah, we give all of your data to you know these these large language models or whatever, but on the flip side, you're going to get way faster, way more accessible care. Is that is that an option, or is that way too far-fetched?
1: You know, I I, I think the sa- the sad thing is risk versus benefits. We're getting there, where you know it costs so much money. I pay so much money a month to just have health care, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. And so again, the risk versus benefits. I I, I would actually pay for less and, and be able to get something like that. I'd be happy to sign my well- part away. And to give you a real example people are traveling to other parts of the world to get health care. You know, it's not uncommon to someone to say, oh, they went to X country to get this procedure or that country to get that dental procedure because it's just cheaper. And so we need to do something because we, we shouldn't have our citizens have to leave our country to go get health
0: yeah, absolutely, and you know, again, I know we have people, you know, tuning in from from all over the world, and thank you for sticking with us. I know this is a much longer conversation, so this is going to be my last question, I promise, and then I'll I'll give Dr. Castro um, the uh, the option here. Um, but will that in the future happen? Um, so you know, and and especially when we look at accessibility in, in different countries, and you know, yeah, people from the U.S. Specifically, you have to travel to other countries sometimes just to be able to seen to to be seen, seen sooner, and and healthcare here uh, is extremely expensive. Um, so so is that? Do you think is that a viable option? Uh, where whether it happens somewhere here in the U.S. or else or or elsewhere? Because at least here in the U.S., it it seems like there's an opportunity for something like that because we have very expensive. Mm-hmm very slow moving healthcare system, yet we are the only country that essentially has no guardrails when it comes to AI. All other countries, especially in in Europe and in other places, they have very tight guardrails on AI. So it seems like that should happen at, at, at some point.
1: I think so i I think so and hopefully someone out there is going to be calling us and say hey i got an idea let's let's do x because i'm going to help out whatever it is at the end of the day my goal is the patient we can help the patient and all of us including myself we're all patients and so let's do this as a community Uh, one thing that everybody could do is uh, honestly share this show because the more people hear it see it they're like oh that's a good idea we should do x y and it's not about us it's about others so let's help
0: others out there love that all right I took up way too much of your time, Dr. Castro. Thank you everyone for, for tuning in, for listening, but I wanna give you the stage. What is your one piece of advice, um, your biggest takeaway, whether it's for someone in the medical community or someone who is maybe just a patient and who is eager to, to learn about the future of AI in healthcare. What is your one piece of advice uh, that, that you can give to both or either group?
1: Yeah, at the end of the day, I feel like everything's about education. Become a life learner. Take this and say, you know what? I'm just going to learn about AI. It's going to help me or help my other my family. And and just be, make it a hobby or make it a focus or make it an interest. And if it's AI and healthcare, great. But if it's AI and every other day AI, whatever it is, just do it. Um, the main thing is I, I'm 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 a doctor, obviously. So my main thing is let's help others. So
0: whatever knowledge you get, just make sure you give it back to others. Mm. The knowledge piece is important right because there's there's bad information there's a lot of incomplete information so yeah it's important to to study and to learn and to keep up and i thank you for that dr castor because you helped us i think you just gave everyone uh listening whether they are working in healthcare or they're just interested as a patient i think you just give everyone a large a large chunk uh, of knowledge that they can take forward and improve their daily lives so uh, again Thank you, Dr. Uh, Harvey Castro, for joining the show. I very much appreciate it. Thank you. All right, cool. And as a reminder, that was a lot. There's so many resources that I talked about. We're going to plug them in the newsletter. So make sure to go to youreverydayai.com. Sign up for that newsletter. We're going to have it out in a couple hours. Uh, Also, if if you're on the podcast, make sure to check the show notes. We're going to leave a link. You can come join the conversation on LinkedIn. Leave a question for Dr. Castro. He's always answering questions. He's always networking. He's always bringing uh, people in and sharing knowledge. So make sure you do that. So thank you again for tuning in and hope to see you back